tell you, <clears throat> I tell you, church, I, we sat there and sung that last song. I just, uh, as I was singing and praising God about what he has done, have you ever sat back and just thought about what he's done in your life? Have you ever thought back of where you were when he found you? Have you ever went back and thought about where you'd be right now if it wasn't for Jesus? And he didn't have to. He chose to. Man, I wish I could just interject some of you guys with this this morning, but I'm just, I'm so grateful for God. I'm so grateful that he saw us in the wretched state we were and decided that he thought us worthy enough to send his son so that we could have God in us. Amen. Man, that, that jacks me up this morning. Um, it got me all messed up in my head. So y'all just hold on for a second. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna do a little different in the service this morning. So y'all just bear with us. Um, I got a few announcements I want to give you, and then we're gonna play a video, and then we're gonna get on into the message. But um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here, and I get the opportunity to serve you guys. And uh, y'all are some awesome folks. Amen. amen. All right. So y'all get amen on that one. But uh, there's some things I want to just tell you guys. One thing that this, uh, we got a uh, student life camp coming up um, for our youth. It's going to be at Daytona Beach. Okay, so if you've got some kids that are in youth, um, let Dallas know. It's going to be July 9th through 13th. Um, there's 10 spots available. Um, we need a deposit of 60 bucks by um, January 28th, okay, if your kids want to go. Hold on to your seat, okay? It's $400 for, them to, for everything, all expenses paid for each kid, but don't worry. We're going to do fundraising. Dallas hates fundraisers, but we're going to do fundraising. Uh, we're going to do things of that nature to try to, to lighten the load. So that so if you have a kid that wants to go and y'all don't have the money, uh, don't worry about it. God will provide. Amen? So y'all y'all just let Dallas know on that if y'all can sign up. Um, we got Heart and Soul. Um, if you want to become a member of this church and, and be heart and soul with us, the mission that God's given us in Jenkins County and the surrounding counties, um, heart and soul is January 28th from 5 to 7 at our church office. Write that down. Um, and here's some upcoming events that I'm excited about. Anybody know what next week is? Christmas service day, huh? Woo! We get an opportunity to serve our community. We get an opportunity to go out and give people in our community just the love and affection and show them Jesus in a tangible way. So y'all come. We're going to have an abbreviated service. Um, I promise I'm not going to try to preach too long. And, uh, and, and then we're going to go out and love in our community. Amen? So that's next week. Y'all come. Make sure if you've got, if you got t- Christmas tags, bring them back so we can um, bring the gifts back and the tags. All right? And uh, so we can uh, be ready to distribute them next week. Two events that's passionate on my heart that, that God has opened up is y'all, everybody knows that my heart is that we're not just... Um, one church that looks the same, right? We're supposed to be a church that looks like heaven. And when we look out in the congregation, there should be every ethnic diversity, every economic thing in here, right? We're supposed to be reaching everybody. And what God's been doing has been so amazing. But he's been putting pastors in my life that's got that same passion. And so December 31st, New Year's Eve, we're going to start off the new year, right, as Connection Church. Daniel's Grove, um, their pastor, Eric Tate, he's a great friend of mine. They're actually going to cancel their service. And they're coming to join us. Amen. 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 Only because we have a bigger facility than they do. But 
The other thing is, is, is there, it's going to be awesome because we're going we're gonna to blend the worship. It's just going to be a great time if we can worship God together as men and women of God. And I hope that this is a, is a, is a good step in the right direction for us to, to show that it ain't about color. It's about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the other thing is, the bridge, the denominational thing is that night, December 31st, at 9 o'clock from 9 to 12, Long Branch has invited us to come be a part of their service. I'm preaching. Um, that's something I'm going to get used to, but I'm preaching. And, uh, and, and our worship band is actually playing there too. So we're going to be there. And if y'all want to come, uh, 9 o'clock, the service starts. We're going to, we're going to worship together. We're going to have a um, sermon. And then uh, we're going to eat. And those who want to stay after, we're going to pray in the new year together, bridging the gap between denominational guidelines and, and barriers. So, man, I'm excited about that. How about you guys? God's doing something in our community, guys. But we got to be a part of it. So I expect to see you there, right? Amen? All right. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to play the video, and then we'll get started, all right? Father God, we come to you right now thanking you so much for who you are. And we thank you, God, for loving us. We thank you, God, for coming. And you didn't have to. God, I thank you. For, for just seeing us worthy enough not to leave us where we were. And God, I thank you for loving me enough to reach your hand down and pull me out of the pit in which I was in. Father, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would anoint us in a mighty way, God, in a mighty way, and God, we would feel your presence, and God, we wouldn't just do church as normal, but we would be freed from the things that hold us down. So God, moving us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um. I, uh, I started watching pornography. Um, a lot of guys on the team did it, so I just thought if I did it too, it was fun and cool. Well, I ended up becoming very addicted to it. Both of my parents were uh, school teachers. Uh, my dad was a high school football coach, so we were always around sports. Basically, that's the only time we got to see him was around football practices and games and stuff, so my brother and I was always there. I played uh, high school football and baseball. Um, I started dating when I was a, a junior in, in high school. Um, that was basically when I first started going to church was with her and stuff. So I would attend retreats and there was always, um, you know, salvation calls that they have it. I responded to one of the salvation calls and, you know, I thought I'd, I said the prayer and. I thought I'd, you know, ask Christ to be in my life. I was completely wrong. I was, you know, going on, going to church on Wednesday nights and having sex during the middle of the week. So my first year of college, I was still dating my high school sweetheart. I ended up getting a uh, scholarship in baseball. As most college athletes do, they start getting attention from, from other females. Well, instead of being faithful and strong-hearted, I gave in. I ended up getting caught cheating with a girl. So I ended up breaking up with my high school sweetheart and jumping right into another relationship. And I thought that um, that I would change, but I couldn't do it. Uh, I started abusing alcohol a lot more. At the end of that relationship, I ended up getting her pregnant. And um, we had a, a beautiful little girl. Um, I love her to death, she's my world, but I was in a, 
basically a dark place and nobody knew it. We got a divorce. And I mean, before I knew it, I was a every other weekend dad. There was a span of, of three years that I didn't, I didn't have a relationship. I just would go out after any girl that I could, could basically get. I was drinking a lot more basically every night of the week. After that went on and on, I finally ended up meeting, which would be my second wife. The same exact thing happened. I was unfaithful. We ended up getting a divorce. While all this was going on, um, I was attending church. Uh, basically, I was just making everybody fooled. I was faking everybody out, making the outside look great. And my, my inside was still living for sin and my selfish ways. During that time of being unfaithful, I ended up meeting the third long relationship, which her name's Heather. During our relationship, she, she started coming to church here at Connection. She would invite me to come, and I would always kind of make an excuse, or, you know, I'm going hunting Sunday morning, or I'm going to hang out with this guy Sunday morning, or basically I was, I was scared to death to come to Connection because I knew almost everybody that came to church here. They knew me. They knew my past. I knew the pastor, Billy. It was more of a thing of me being just completely ashamed of stuff that I've done, and I really didn't want to show my face in church. As time went on, um, I ended up breaking down and I started coming. I really enjoyed it. Um, the messages started to hit me hard in my heart. Um, I always felt like Billy was talking straight towards me. They always talked about connect groups, and uh, I would always think in my head, there's no way I'm going to a connect group. We ended up finally going, and uh, it wasn't as bad as what I expected. Um, I remember the first night we went, we all sat around. It was a bunch of guys that, you know, I'd play baseball with in high school and known for a long time. Billy was leading a group. We got in the Bible study. It was it was a, a first step for me. It was it, it made me feel, you know, good inside. Like, and I felt like God was working inside me then. Then I felt like God started like changing me. I just had an urge to, to start, you know, getting to know the Lord more. During our connect group one night, um, it might have been the third or fourth night that I had attended, and um, Billy would always send out questions, so it would help us better understand the verses and kind of apply it to our lives. And uh, we were going over First um, John and um, where it talks about walking in the light and not in darkness and being close to God. And I think one of the questions was, um, you know, what's holding you back from walking in the light? I remember I was one of the last people to go in our small group to tell what was holding us back. So when it got to my turn, you know, I told them that I was, you know, addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to pornography. Um, I was addicted to all kind of sexual sin. And in that moment, man, it was, it was like the world just lifted off my shoulders. God right then was, was pouring out his mercy and his grace on me. After that night, after small group, God just really started working in my life. Um, he changed my desires. Uh, he, he took away those sins that I couldn't take away from myself. He took away the urge for me to, to view pornography. He took away the urge of me wanting to, to get drunk and abuse alcohol. Me and, me and Heather were living together at a time. Uh, he started convicting me about us living together before marriage. 
we decided to uh, to move out and uh, until we got married. As we got married, man, Christ just blew up in our lives. Um, I was serving her, she was serving me. We were living, uh, you know, a godly marriage. Um, I really had a, uh, it was really laying on my heart um, about all my friends that didn't know Christ, uh, people, you know, that I worked with that didn't know Christ. And I just wanted to share to them what Christ was doing in my life. So God has given me ample opportunities to share my testimony with people to help somebody that's struggling with something. Um, Basically, he's he's given me the pathway to help a bunch of people change their lives. It's just an undescribable feeling how God can take somebody like me and the stuff that I've done and the stuff that I've been through and still love me and, and change me from the inside out. I won't never forget people saying this at, at Connection. It's one thing that always stuck with me was it's okay not to be okay. He meets us exactly where we're at and changes us forever. Amen. Amen. I couldn't say it better myself. You know, when I see stories like that, it gives me hope. When I see stories like that, it's like, man, I, I look at myself. I don't know how many of you are putting yourself in his place. But y'all could have put my name and with, with he was saying his name, and I, that would have been me. And it's like, thank God that he didn't leave Lee where he, where he found him, that he brought him, and Lee's a new man. Amen? And so many of us, guys, so many of us are a lot like where Lee was this morning. You were a lot, a lot like the beginning. They were still, you're still walking in the old, and you're not walking in the light. And he didn't intend you to, to come to church and just, just play this religious game. He intended to make you new, a new creation. Amen? That's why Jesus came. Well, you know, when you look around churches today, and in most atmosphere, in most church bodies today in America, are people that come and go, and there's no change. There's no power in the churches. There's no presence of God. You know why? Because God's not there. They're not interested in God. They're just coming to appease their conscience that they're, doing, that they're a good person, and they're going on back doing the same thing. And God didn't send Jesus so you could stay the same. He came to make you new. Make you new. You hear me? Some of you think he's just to refurbish you. No, he won't refurbish you. He's to make you new all the way around. Man, I love that. I love that. I look back at my life, and it's like I see where God has made me new in so many areas. And then I look where I'm still struggling. It's like, you know what? There's hope because he ain't done. Amen? Amen? If I'm still pursuing him. You know, it's crazy to me how that. But Jesus came to make us new. And we look at the Christmas season, and Miss Joyce said it best this morning when we were praying. We come to church during Christmas, and we still see the baby in the manger, and we don't see the victorious Savior risen from the grave to take us to a different place. Amen? Amen. And today we realize that he didn't just come to stay a baby. He came to make us new. He came to make you new. That, that changes everything, okay? If you just think he just came so that you could give a free ticket to get out of hell— Okay, you're not going to leave here desiring, loving him, cherishing him, wanting to do anything else. But you're like, you know what? I'm, I got fire insurance. When you realize he loves you enough not to, not to leave you the way you are, but he wants you to be more like him, to be, to be made new, to be full of his spirit. When you realize that, it gives you a gratitude. Amen? 
You want to pursue him. You want to change. You want to do any and everything to please him. Man, it's crazy to me how, how, how just all through the Bible, there's prophetic things that pointed to Jesus thousands, or we, not thousands, but hundreds of years before Jesus came. I, I love that. Maybe I'm a Bible geek because nobody else loves that. But I, I love that. You read prophecy, and it's so many hundreds of years before it happened, and then it happened just like God told the prophet. To me, it's like, do you not believe me now, son? You know what I'm saying? So in Jeremiah 30, I love the book of Jeremiah, but in Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah was prophesying about the coming of Jesus. He was prophesying of a, Lord, of a, of a, of a Savior that was going to come and change everything. So Jeremiah 31, verse 31, says this. So the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was their husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they all will know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Praise the Lord. Amen. And he's given us this glorious promise of, you got to think about the people that Jeremiah was prophesying to, they were under the old covenant. They were under the covenant where you had this list of rules you had to keep. And if you didn't keep them, it was, it, it, it was judgment. And you had to go and constantly get atonement for your sins. Go to these priests. They didn't have access to God. And Jesus came to make that way. The old covenant was, was just that really it started out with the Ten Commandments of Moses. Y'all remember y'all know, y'all know the famous ten? Some of y'all got them a checklist in your mind. Yep, I ain't done none of them. I'm good. I, you, sh- you shouldn't have no gods before me. You, you shouldn't have any idols. Yet you shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Yeah, mm. You shouldn't murder. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. You know, when I read that list... It's, just a, it's a list of actions that God's people can't do. It's a list of actions. It's things that you can't do. If you give me a list of things saying, Jeremy, you can't step over this line. You can't do that. It's, it's an action. It's a response. You know what I'm saying? It's a list of things they couldn't do. It didn't have anything to do with their heart. I can do something and not want to. I can do something and out of a rebellious thing, but do it because I'm expected to. Some of y'all do things around the house not because you want to, because you know it's expected, huh? Come on. Some of y'all do things at work not because you want to, because it's expected. So you can do things that's expected and not have a heart. And that's what was wrong with the old covenant. It's because people were doing things just out of just expectation because God said instead of really not doing it because they love God. And so when you look at that several times in the Old Testament, God kept renewing the covenant. Why? Because the people kept breaking it because it wasn't in their heart. They didn't care about 
not pleasing God. They just cared about the rules, making themselves look holy. If I can keep these rules, then I can be this righteous person that everybody looks up to because I haven't done these things. They were puffed up. They were proud people, but their hearts were far from God. Does that sound like a lot of people you know today? Our churches are full of people that are proud and arrogant, but they don't really love God because they're not really allowing God to change them. You know, what inevitably happens, though, is that whenever he made that new covenant, they would start out right, right? Man, they would be on fire. They would be praising him. They would be doing everything. But as time went down the road, they began to slip further and further away from God. You know, as I look at people that, that, that come to church and they, they make a commitment and they're on fire to begin with, and if they're not constantly in the Word, not constantly spending time with God, then what happens is, is you start slipping. It's okay to miss church. I, you know, church, it's okay not to read my Bible. It's not okay to spend time with God. And what's happened is the less time you stay plugged into the vine, the more you start withering. The more you start not feeling the power, the more you start trying to do things in your own might. And next thing you know, you start messing up. I can tell you from my own experience, that's what happens. That's what happened in my life. God had to teach me a valuable lesson. See, that's why he announced, in Jeremiah, he announced this new covenant to replace the old one, which the Jews had had. I want to tell you, this covenant that he had, it directed their conduct, but it didn't change their hearts. How many of us go to church every week, and we've been going to church, but there's not been a real change in our heart? There's no difference in us at work. There's no difference in us at home. Let me tell you a little secret. If your spouse don't know that you love Jesus, chances are you don't love Jesus. And that's just the hard truth. Because I'm going to tell you, in a marriage, in a relationship, when you got to give and take, when you got to get over your selfishness and put somebody else's good over yours, that's hard. And I'm learning that more with a child than anything. It's like I thought we was good, and now I'm like, what are we fussing about? What are we doing? Me and, me and I'm going to tell you a funny story. Funny story. We were, the other day, I come, some patients been sick and all this stuff's going on. Sabrina's been trapped at the house with him. And uh, I come home, and she, she come meets me at the door. She's like, take him. Take him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, son. I love you. <laughs> take him. I, got, I, just, I just need a bath. I just need, I just need some time by myself. Okay, go take a bath. That's fine. It takes me 15 minutes at the most to take a shower. Me and Payson watches a whole two-hour movie. <laughs> and I realize that my wife has not made it back. And I look at Pace and I said, son, I'm sorry, but I think she ended it. She just went on down in the water, said, I can't handle this no more. And about that time, she comes back, and it's like a different person. But see, I had to sacrifice that time. Because when she gave me him, I was like, woman, I just got home from work. I don't need this right now. You, you, what? I told you I was going to just throw it out there today. But it's the thing about our heart. You know what I'm saying? We can do things out of obligation, but what has your heart? If my wife didn't have my heart, I would have said, woman, you deal with it. I got my own things to do. See, what has your heart shows in how you live. What has your heart shows in your actions. What has your heart what shows in your desires. And God came to make you new, not to make you so you just keep these rules. 
Yes, yes, keeping God's law is important. Keeping God's law is what we should do. We should strive to be a holy people that wants to obey God's word, but you won't want to obey God's word unless you love God. And loving God only comes from allowing him to make you new. And see, those things come to go together in so many different ways. The old tries to control your conduct, but the new changes your character so you can love people and love God. I couldn't love people until the Holy Spirit came inside of me. See, a lot of things we struggle with is the things that we ain't letting God make us new in because we're being stubborn. I know better. It's selfishness what it is. You don't want to forgive somebody because they did you wrong. Why? Because what you feel this way. Instead of abandoning your rights to be upset and say, you know what, I'm going to forgive them anyway. I'm going to love them like God loves me because I've probably done something today that offended God, and he forgave me anyway. See, but you won't live that way unless you allow him to make you new in those areas. See, I want you to understand something. The old, and Jesus said it so eloquently in Matthew 5, but the old tried to dictate your conduct. It says that you couldn't murder. Thou shalt not commit murder. Thou not shall commit adultery. Those, that's an action. But that action stems from an emotion, right? It stems from your heart. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 21, he says, you have heard that it is said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, but anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with their brother or sister is subject to judgment. Come on. He's going to the action. If you stay mad long enough, it's going to turn into bitterness. And bitterness is going to turn into hatred. And hatred is going to eventually, the timing gets right, and opportunity is right. Come on. You might kill somebody. Somebody, I've heard somebody say, that better keep on, I'm going to kill somebody. I don't know how many times I've heard some people say that. Because you know why? Because you're allowing that, not, you're not letting it go. You're not letting it go. Why are you letting it go? Because you're not allowing God to make you new in that area. We hold on to things. And when God changes our heart, he changes our emotion, he changes everything. It continues on in verse 27. He says, you've heard that it was said. You shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in her heart. I mean, come on. It starts in the heart. I've never met someone that that committed adultery that it just like they met a woman in the line at Belk and was like, hey, girl. I've never known nobody. I mean, they they start looking. They start They start thinking. Something they shouldn't, then it be, then they begin to materialize in their mind. Then they begin to fantasize, and then they get their then they get their courage up to start having conversation. It all starts right here, and our heart think takes our mind. And so what God's saying, He says, you can know what to do, but if you don't have the heart in which to do it, you won't change. And we can't have that unless we allow God to change us inside out. Our external conduct, y'all need to write this down. Our external conduct, if not God-honoring, okay, is a symptom of an internal problem. If you find yourself having an outburst of anger, you need to check yourself and see what's wrong with your heart. If you find yourself, if you find yourself talking, next thing you know, you're talking bad about somebody, gossiping. Oh, pick your feet up and know somebody, your toes. But you need to check yourself because that's wrong, right? 
you check your, if you find yourself slandering somebody, you need to check your heart. That, your external, what you're, what's coming out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. If you find yourself in a place to where you're avoiding all these people that have offended you, you you've got an offense against somebody. God, you're putting that wedge up. Thank God he hadn't done that to us. But see, that's an internal thing. And see, what happens is, is we go and say, well, I'm a good person. I hadn't done this. I hadn't done that. I hadn't done that. But yet we're not dealing with the internal issues that are separating us from God making us new in every area of our life. And he didn't come to paint one side of the car and leave the other side rusty. He come to make you new. Amen? He come to change you from the inside out. But see, that's that there's free will involved. You have to want God. And you come to church and you think that coming to church shows that you want God. No, change shows you want God. That's what always blows my mind when people say, I don't like to change. Like, well, you don't know Jesus. Because you know Jesus, you're going to change. Because I'm always changing. And sometimes I'm changing like a, like a, like a whew, God's changing me. I feel like a, a cat. Somebody's going to throw in the water. I'm grabbing on as hard as I can, but he's pulling me. It's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But finally, I let go, and it's, and, 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 it's, and it's all good. Some of y'all, y'all got to just let it go. Because he wants to change you from the inside out. See, the new covenant is inward. That's why Jesus came. He came so that you could have a heart to love God. And I can't say it enough because that's the problem with most people is you have a religious attitude and tendency, but your heart is far from God. And if our hearts were truly sold out to God, you would see him doing amazing things in your life. And the reason you don't see him doing amazing things in your life is because your heart is not totally yielded to God. And that's a hard truth, but it's reality. And if you want to see God do big things in your life, give those things to God and watch him make you new. I remember when I've told you all my testimony time and time again, but, man, it's just so huge of what God's doing. But I remember struggling with sin and when God, when God saved me, I can't tell you, that it's just this crazy thing that happened. I was partying on Friday night, thinking like, this is how life should be. And the next Friday night, I was thinking about going, and this feeling come over me. What did, I, what did it say? He would write his word on your heart. Bam, it was in me. I didn't know it. I was like, What's the, I, why, why do I feel convicted about going over here? Why? What's wrong? It was because God was telling me that wasn't right. Immediately, it was on my heart. I hadn't read it yet, but it was there. See, God gives us that conviction, but what happens is, is we tell God no. We tell God no until eventually the conviction don't affect us anymore because we're doing it our way, and we're not allowing God to make us new. He didn't come to leave you the same way. He came to make you new. So why aren't you allowing him to make you new? See, what's crazy is the old covenant was a national thing. It was you will be my people. They, it was all about the people of Israel. But when Jesus came, he took it from a national level to a personal level. He brought it to you personally. He brought it to you personally. Man, how awesome is that? That each person's faith then the Lord receives it. It gives a new heart. Your whole, your whole deposition changes. Your whole, your whole everything is leaning toward godliness. 
it's crazy because you, when I, 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 I've, I've been following Jesus for nine years, almost 10. I'm, I'm ready for February to get here if I can celebrate that. That's a milestone in my life. I'm just excited. But the thing is, is that I've seen people along this journey that has came Sunday morning and raised their hand or went to the altar and, and said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And, and you know what? I haven't seen a demeanor change. I hadn't seen a change in their life. And I've seen a lot more of that. But I have seen people that they get up broken. And I see them Monday, and they ain't the same person. There's joy unspeakable. There's a smile on their face, and they've been a Debbie Downer their whole life. They've been, they just, they're just happy. They're just, they just excited. And I see that, and I'm like, that's evident that they have a new heart right there. They didn't just come up here with a vain prayer and say, God, just deliver me from this conviction I feel. No, they said, God, I want you to fill my whole entire heart. Save me, redeem me, change me. That's what he's wanting. That's what he wants in your life. He didn't come for you to play this game. He came to make you new. So why aren't you allowing him to make you new? What's holding you back? See, I love this, that the, the new covenant it came through the sacrifice of Jesus. See, just Jesus coming as a baby, that was the fellows, man, that was just the beginning of it. It was only solidified through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. When Jesus rose from the grave, he took the keys to hell and death with him. Amen? So we don't have to suffer none of that if we're following him and trusting him. But it all starts with surrendering your life to Jesus. And he promised us that when not only what I love about this scripture is that what he says is that God says that he, let me find it. Hold on a second. I'll just paraphrase it. He said that he delivered them from Egypt and he held their hand. See, there's a difference from a God holding your hand than a God being inside you. Amen? And so when he says that's why, they, that's, what, that's why they couldn't change because they were holding God's hand. When you're holding God's hand, you can let go. But when God's inside of you, he can't get out. I want you to soak that in just a second. When you truly got the Holy Spirit inside of you, he won't leave. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So some of you have been like, do I have the Holy Spirit? Do I not? If you've never experienced the change, you don't have it because you know it. Jesus says in John 14, Verse 15 through 17 says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept me because it neither sees me nor knows me, but you know me, for he lives within you and will be in you. <coughs> Whoa, that's powerful, church. Man, y'all being too quiet. Y'all ain't excited about that? I mean, it's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Come on. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will be made new. I, 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 just, I, I just can't get over that. And you know what amazes me is that the moment I said yes to Jesus, the moment I truly surrendered, you know what he started doing? He started putting his finger on stuff in my life that I needed to change, that didn't please him, that was not holy, that was not right. And you know what? He hadn't stopped yet. Sometimes I'm like, God, just leave me alone for a little bit. I mean, I thought I was okay. I mean, everybody says I'm a good boy, but you like, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm like a Dalmatian, man. I'm full of spots. And you are too. But when you look in the mirror, you look at yourself 
compared to the crack addict, to the prostitute, to the adulterer. And you're like, mm, I look pretty clean. Instead of looking at yourself in retrospect to the spotless lamb that died to save you of your sins. You know, when you look at it that way, it's okay. when I look at myself and I'm like, all right, Jesus, you made a way. It's, it's, it's easy for me to say, all right, God, I can let that go. Y'all, I can let the alcohol go. I can let the party life go, God. You know what, God? I can let the bitterness go, God. I can forgive, God. I, I can do that. Looking at what you've done for me, I can do that. Because you know why? Because he's in me. The spirit of living God is in you if you are a follower of Jesus. And when he tells you to do something, you've got to do it. That's the evidence of him making you new. And some of you have been rebelling against God. He's been putting his finger on things in your life that you need to change, that you need to give to him. And you've been saying no because, Lord, I love this relationship I'm in. It don't honor you, but I love this relationship. And he's like, the relationship does not honor me, so you need to get out and get in a relationship that does honor me. He's like, God, I, I, this, this, this person did this to me, and I, 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 it's, it's right for me to be mad. He's like, no. If you love me, you will do this. We have to surrender. See, before Christ was in your heart, you were filled with the desires of this world. Amen? You were filled with the desires of this world. It, it, was, it was easy. It was easy. It felt right. Man, it just felt right to go off partying. It just felt right. Felt right. Man, somebody made me mad. It was just the right thing to do to bust them in the lip. You know what I'm saying? It was, just, it was just the right thing to do. It was easy to let that emotion flow. It was easy to, to be angry. It was easy because I was going with the ways of the world, the desires of my heart. But when you follow Jesus and he gives you a new heart, it's contrary to those desires. And immediately there should be a war inside of you, the flesh and the, and the new you fighting war. Saying, I, I, I want my desire this, but I know they don't honor God. See, if you've been made new, you're always going to fight the old self. But the closer you grow to Jesus, let me give you some hope here. The closer you grow to Jesus, the less that old life is going to affect you. The more you stay plugged into the vine. John 15, 5 is so real to me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You won't grow one bit if you don't abide in Jesus. You won't change one bit if you don't abide in Jesus. See, the whole thing is abiding and, and desiring him. I want you to understand something. But before God can make you new, he has to destroy everything you once were. It's deconstruction and then reconstruction. I feel like I'm constantly in a remodeling phase in my life. And he's changing me to make me into what he wants me to be. The old covenant deals with your conduct. You can be good and be lost. You can be good and not show up in heaven. Because it ain't about being good, it's about loving God. It's about following him, being made new. Jesus, the new covenant through Jesus Christ takes care of the heart behind your conduct. You can't love people if you don't love God. You can't change if you don't love God. You can't love your spouse if you don't love God. 
You can't raise your children in a godly way if you don't love God. It all goes back to your heart in which God gives you. Our old heart is driven by our pleasures. How many times have you been driven by the old you? Because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to change you in that area. See, the new heart is driven, is driven, is driven to please God. When I wake up in the morning, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That should be your heartbeat every morning. That should be your heartbeat every night. In the middle of an intense fight at work or argument, your heart should be saying, Jesus Christ. Not Jeremy Lindsay. Because if my heart's saying, Jeremy Lindsay, I'm going to do something don't honor God. But if my heart is saying, Jesus Christ, I'm going to do what he wants me to do, no matter if it makes me look like a fool in the eyes of a man or a woman. It makes me look like a mighty warrior in the eyes of my God. And he's not looking for people. It's all about themselves. He's looking for people that are bold enough to stand up and say, you know what? I want to have a heart of God. And I want you to understand something. I got to think about a heart transplant. I got a, a guy that I know, he had, a, he had a heart transplant at an early age. And, you know, when they, they, trans, they took his old heart and put him in a new one. And when they told me that, I was thinking about Isaiah. When God, he said, I will, take, I will remove your old heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, a new heart. And he gave him that new heart. But you know what? His body didn't all of a sudden accept that new heart. It took time. It took time. And he had to keep taking medicine so that his body would accept that heart. Let me tell you something. The way that you follow Jesus and you live out and having that new heart is you got to take the medicine, church. And you know when you take the medicine? I got to have to take some this week. I got to take them two times a day. Sometimes you got to take medicine three times a day. It's just according to how sick you are. Huh? How sick are you, church? Because when you realize how sick you are, it's about how much you read this word because you know this is the only thing that's going to heal you. I got a brother up in here today that he tells me all the time, I've read the word for four hours because I just couldn't get enough of it. That man's sick. Amen? I love you. I'm not going to look at you. But that's the thing is he's reading the word, and he's, he's desiring it. He wants to eat it up because he knows that this is changing his life. He's got that new heart. And he's like, God, I want more. I don't want to be the same. I want you to change me. It's time for you to start taking the medicine he's given you. If you want to follow him, how can you expect to change? How can you expect to embrace this new life God's called you in if you're not willing to obey him and take the medicine? And that came from somewhere else. But that was, man, that was good. I tell you, what area in your life, what area in your life are you not allowing God to make you new in? What area? You know. You know you better than anybody. What area are you holding on to? You know, last night, I, I told Mr. Nick, I was, last night I was, in, I was spending time with the Lord, and, and I was just crying out to him, telling him how much I loved him, how much I wanted him to do things in my life. And he said, Jeremy, do you, he spoke to me like I'm talking to you. He said, Jeremy, do you want me to do great things in your life? So that people can say, look how great you are? Or do you want people, you want me to do great things in your life so people can see how great I am? And you know in that moment, you know what I had to do? Is I had to say, 
God, I want to say yeah. But I, I don't know my heart like you do. So God, if there's anything prideful in my heart that you need to take out, then Lord, take it out. Lord, if there's anything that, 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 I'm, that I'm lying, that I don't know I'm lying about, that if there's something deceitfully wicked in me that I've locked in there, God, take it out because my heart is deep, dark, and deceitful. Change me. And that's how a heart should be. You know what I did? I went to bed last night, an emotional wreck. And I woke up this morning with peace. Amen. And God, God wants me people that are God chasers. God wants people that are people that are chasing after his heart, that wants to be made new, that don't want to remain the same. And that's where he wants, that's where I'm asking you today. Where are you at today? What, what is he calling you out of? And some of y'all, he's calling you out to really surrender your life and give your life to him for the first time. You've been going through this religious motion your whole life. I've done it. But when God truly touches your heart, you, you can't say no. It's a, it's a proposal worth saying yes to. And last night I was reading in Joel chapter 2, if you'll put it on the screen. It says, The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number, and mighty is the army that obeys his command. The day of the Lord is great and dreadful. Who can endure it? Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Repent your heart. Rend your heart and all your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abundant in love. And he reveals, relents from sin and calamity. Man, I'm telling you, he's telling you today to come back to him. He's telling you today, he's saying, look, I, I am a God that loves you. I'm a God that wants you. Turn back to me. Give me all of your heart. He don't want half of it. I don't want to be married to a woman that loves me half the much and loves another man the other half. Do you? Huh? I want somebody that's sold out, loves me unconditionally. That's the love that God wants you to have for him. What are you holding back? What are you not giving to him? So maybe today's your first step that you need to take. You need to take that first step and say, you know what? I need to surrender my life and truly give God my life because I've been all about keeping the rules and I had really been loving God. There's never been a true change. There's been maybe, maybe a couple days where I was, I, I, was in, I was intense with reading, but I don't have that desire, that, that hunger, that thirst for God. And I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've not ever encountered God that way. You need to surrender your life and give it to Him. He promises that. So cash in on it today. If that's you today and you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time, if you truly need to surrender, I just want to challenge you to raise your hand so we can celebrate with you and pray with you through your next step. Anybody in here need to surrender their life to Jesus? Anybody need to, need to cast off the religion and walk into relationship? I'm going to be straight with you today. Somebody's lying. But only you know that. Because how can we have churches that are powerless if people claim to be filled with God? And he wants to use you to 
proclaim his glory to the nations, to your family, to your friends, but you've got to be bold enough to step out and say, I love Jesus more than my comfort. We're fixing to go through a time of communion to where we celebrate Jesus coming to make us new, the sacrifice of him dying on the cross. So as the, as the band begins to play, this first song is a time for you to come and repent of anything that's, that, that's, that's going to keep you separated from God. Jesus says that we shouldn't come to him unless we have a pure heart, unless it's pure intentions. How can we take the sacrament of remembering the love of Jesus by how he broke his body and how he, how he bled and died for us and, say, and, be, and, and, and take that and say that it's gratitude when we're not walking in it? How can we be grateful for the sacrifice that we're not walking in? And I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. God's given me this message today to preach to you guys. And it was from God. The download from heaven, I guess you could say. And you've heard the truth. And my, my Bible says that they may, knew the truth, they may know the truth and truth will set them free. So whatever you got holding you back today, it's up to you to turn loose. It's up to you to allow God to do something. And you can sit there in your pride. You can sit there on your hands and you can sit there and say, I want to be the same. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting the truth. He's called us to be people that are after his own heart. He's called us to be people that are allowing him to make us new. What's holding you back today? Maybe today you need to come and say, God, I ain't been taking the medicine. God, I, I've, been, I've been thinking that I didn't need the medicine, huh? Ooh, I've been like that sometimes. I can get well on my own. But you keep getting sicker. Now's the time. If you will, stand with me. Father God, we come to you right now praying. Holy Spirit, that you would deal with us in a mighty way. And God, that you would just deal with our hearts. That we can't stay where we are without repenting and giving you our lives. So God, move in our heart. God, move in our lives. Father God, we ask you to change us. Help us be a people that are made new in your image and your likeness, Lord. Deal with us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.